Fusion Patrol is a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can help support us at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. This is the Fusion Patrol podcast. Each week, we look at a different science fiction TV episode or movie and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello, listeners. Uh, during this episode, we mentioned the fact that Star Hunter Redux is available on Amazon Prime. This was true when we recorded the episode. It is no longer true as of the point where I'm editing the episode for release. Uh, Star Hunter Redux, the distribution rights have transferred to a company that runs the YouTube channel Sci-Fi Central. This is the only legitimate place to find Star Hunter Redux, and it's available for free to everybody uh, in, in decent HD copies. So uh, check it out there if you want to continue watching Star Hunter Redux along with us. Uh, one difference during this episode, we discuss some closed captions that were on the Amazon versions that did not match the dialogue that was going on on the screen. Uh, that is no longer there in the sci-fi central versions so you just have to take our word for it on that and on with the show hello and welcome to another episode of fusion patrol i'm eugene and i am kenneth and tonight we're looking at the star hunter redux episode peer pressure episode synopsis rudolfo's latest assignment comes with a vhs copy of a snuff film on it, a woman seemingly talks a man to death while babbling about a mother's love. Dante's job might be to bring her in. Cut to next scene where Dante has brought her in, along with her son, Ajit, to Lucretia's dismay. This isn't a passenger ship. Lock him up. Those are Rodolfo's standing orders. Ajit isn't guilty of anything, but since Nazreen, the murder suspect, and her son were alone on Mimas and the facility is abandoned, with no way off and life support failing, Dante brought the boy along out of humanitarian concerns. Percy has other concerns about Ajit. As she wipes the metaphorical drool from her face at the thought of a boy being on the ship. Later, Percy spies on Ajit through the security system while Dante does the same on Nazreen. When Dante goes to deliver food to the prisoners, she manipulates the dolt into defying Lucretia's reminder that the boy needed to be locked up. Dante sets the boy free and sends him to the observation lounge to get a look at the universe. She also convinces him to come back with better food for her. When Dante sees Lucretia, he reminds her, in no uncertain terms, that he's the captain and she's never to correct him in front of a prisoner again. Percy has learned that Ajit is free in the ship and spends an inordinate amount of time deciding what clothes to wear and exactly what to say to him should she happen to accidentally meet him in the observation lounge. Caravaggio warns against her actions. Returning with better grub, Nazreen uses the not-confiscated medical scanner on her wrist to scan Dante and put the whammy on him. She makes suggestions like letting her go, and when he disagrees, he gets a headache until he relents. Soon, he's her puppet. Lucretia protests, but Dante tells her off. In the observation lounge, Percy and Ajit are getting along famously. Ajit asks for Percy's help so that he can get away from everyone and leave. 
Percy thinks that's a wonderful idea. She'll let him escape, presumably in the ship's only shuttle, and they'll go off together. It's not what Ajit had in mind, but he's a teenage boy and she's throwing herself at him like a cat in heat. Lucretia is worried and has Caravaggio scan the tape. He finds hidden material which conveniently explains the entire story. Nazreen was working on a project designed to make violent prisoners manageable by altering their brains with magnetic pulses. This led to the subjects being unable to disobey an order or they would die. The project was ultimately abandoned and covered up. Luckily, Caravaggio, a simple cruise liner AI, is able to analyze the videotape and develop a defense against the magnetic pulses, allowing Lucretia to be immunized against Nazreen's device. Now immune, Lucretia starts by taking Ajit back to a cell. But not for long because Percy lets him out again so that she can try to force herself on him. He likes it, but he warns her that his mom is dangerous. Nazreen, fully in control of Dante, seems to encourage her son to uh, enjoy Percy, with an implication that soon she'll be fully controlled, too. Caravaggio manages to separate Percy and Ajit by replaying her absolutely cringeworthy prepping for their chance encounter. It works, but Percy, in an act of revenge, reduces Caravaggio's processing capacity to that of an idiot. Exactly the right thing to do to the control systems of your spacecraft. Nazreen's control of Dante is so strong that she can simply tell him that he's dying and he can do nothing else except die. This effectively blackmails Lucretia into surrendering and then getting an upper hand again. She tries to force Nazreen to undo what she has done, but she points out that's why the project was abandoned. We could not reverse the procedure. But if she could, it would only be back on Mimas. But they can't go there because Caravaggio is stupefied until Percy undoes what she did. On Mimas, Nazreen does the impossible and undoes the damage to Dante. So obviously the project should never have been abandoned. Rather than be stuck with his mother anymore, Ajit apologizes to Percy and kills himself. Nazreen, disconsolate, zaps herself with a mind control device and without anyone to tell her what to do, has nothing to do. The end. I got a tough question for you. Okay. I, I, I think, I, maybe, maybe you... Maybe it'll be an easy question for you. What do I tell somebody? Or, or what what would you tell to somebody who said, now I'm going to watch this episode of, of Star Hunter Redux. Uh, what, what is it about this episode that won't make this 40 some minutes of my life I won't get back? It, w w what's a positive going for it, this particular episode? Okay, I have an answer for you. Okay. All right, here it is. The um, first... This is the sixth episode, actually first one filmed. This is the sixth, the sixth one aired. It, um, first filmed, okay. Yes. The, uh, and in, the, in its original unaltered version, the, the pre-redux version, it plays like a pilot. Okay. And so the, fir the first six episodes are, established, are doing world building and, and establishing characters. So this is... Hmm... Now, just think of it this way. Okay? Think about this. Um, if you, I know we've we've both watched all of Babylon Five several times, mm. right? Yeah. Okay. If you, how do you watch the first half of the first season of Babylon Five now in a way you don't, the way you didn't watch it when it was coming on first run? 
Oh, I, I absolutely, when I watch Babylon 5 now, you are looking for the little tiny clues for things that will come up later on. And there are some real stinkers in the first part of Babylon 5, too. I will, uh, I will fully and freely admit. Oh, the one with, especially the one with the alien armor. Yeah, okay. You know, funny thing is, I, I, I like that one better than the Mutai episode. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but that one's, but at least that, 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 one, that one has the rabbi and he's good. Okay, yes, he's, he is a, a, an interesting character. Um, but yeah, there's, there's some, there's some, there's some clinkers in there. Now, trying to, to twist in my head here and look at this as a pilot, it, I wouldn't say it, it doesn't excuse some of the things, but it does, it does make a little more sense. So, for example, when, We've, we've talked about before how in the Star Hunter Redux, apparently they didn't bother to change the subtitles for the closed captioning. No. So you see the opening credits and you get narration. And it's, of course, it's the same opening narration. It's, you know, it's not on the level with space, the final frontier, but it's that kind of thing. In this episode, when Dante is, he's seen the tape. And he's just sitting there in the chair, slouched back. Okay. I think I with his hand back. There are subtitles saying, oh, you know, Rodolfo can go to hell. This job's getting awful. Um, right. Something, I, you know, and, and I, I now can I can see that. that. I, I can, can see that as being that. a pilot. Yeah. Because um, when I was, um, I actually, I did my most recent rewatching of this, the one where I took notes about, three hours ago and I paused the um, Amazon prime on one computer and to pull out the DVD of the unaltered episode and slide it into the other computer. And um, I did notice that um, and I know that um, this is about the retext episode and not about the unaltered one. Right. So I'm going to minimize how much I talk about the unaltered one here. Um, but in that one, Oh, uh, there is. We do see how they had the long shot of um, Dante's head in while well, his face while he's um, in the shuttle flying back to the tulip, and there's a voiceover. Yeah, and, my, and my, was... Michael Perez's voice. And and I think if I, I didn't write down everything that was said. I just got the gist of it. But one of the things that was said, there's a big change coming, and you know yes. how it's going to be, which sounds basically like the narration that you get in the opening credits. So that fits with the concept that this was meant as a pilot. Yes. Right. First episode, get in there. We've met, we meet Dante, but without it, he's just kind of sitting there. And, and it's very weird the way it goes from Dante watching a tape to, Oh, we've arrested the woman and she's on the, on the ship. That's weird. We're, coming back to the ship. In this case, the editors, the editing was weird. Um, Compared to the original episode, because in the in the original order of every episode in the first season was opening credits, followed by Rudolfo's opening transmission, where he was just staring right into the camera, mm -hmm. and then over that played the opening credits of uh, this is the episode title. This is in it, and who wrote it, and who and who, who, and who the director was, and so forth. And then we got into the story proper. Time. And, so, and when 
the when the time came to to uh, transform Star Hunter into Star Hunter Redux for the first season, um, uh, Philip Jackson and most of his team cut almost all of the opening transmissions. All right, and. They stuck a pieces of some of them in these episodes, but in such a way that appears that you know we notice that someone's in a room and this is playing, but the person isn't interacting with it mm-hmm. because this was just a sh- this was a shot taken from the episode and with with and then had the opening transmission inserted into it at some odd angle. Yeah, I remember one of those at the very least. Yeah. And it basically, it was showing to several people, and they were kind of cutting around to them, pacing around their rooms, and that yes. was playing. Yeah, and they were ignoring it. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, I noticed that. I also, in the now that you say, kind of was the pilot. Dante has a scene where he's, and the best I can say is he's perving on Nazarene. He appears to be just staring at her, rubbing her breasts. Yes, or. And it seems out of character for him. Uh, I looked at that and and I'm going, huh, I've I've not noticed Dante have any character uh, or or very little, but nothing along those lines. And considering what comes afterwards, because he's acting stupid before she puts the whammy on them, as far as I can tell, unless we're supposed to think that she had started working on him back on Mimas, because he is already a little bit malleable and obsessed with her before she ever is shown to zap him. That's a good point. It's that would explain quite a bit. Um, yes, it would explain it's, why she still has the zappy bracelet. And that's another one. It's like why? Why on earth did they let her keep? Even if it's just a medical scanner, I mean, it doesn't seem like particularly good bounty hunter protocol no but we've established that dante isn't exactly the the solar system's greatest bounty hunter that is true he he makes up for it though in dogged determination i'm not sure i I mean (laughs) yes but but there are other signs that this was this this is the first one filmed other than i looked it up um but just in the episode we get all this exposition about um, my, my raiders kidnapped my son. We get Percy exposing, telling Anjit that the raiders killed her parents, and she's been on the ship all these years. We do this already if we watch the first five episodes. Yeah, um, and I will I will say that to their credit, if credit is due, uh, it's introduced better here than elsewhere because it makes perfect sense for Percy to say what she says to Ajit uh, yes, at does. the time uh, in, in that con- I mean I, I don't know if they keep this a secret right this is the dark secret that my wife was killed by raiders or whatever it is but in this particular context it's a it's a moment where you could envision Percy saying, Oh, well, you know, I, I could, for example, if someone had said to me, you know, somebody I was interested in had said, well, you know, I was only raised by one parent. I would say, well, my mother was killed in a car accident when I was three because it's yeah, it's true. I mean, that is the that's a perfect opening to come out with with, you know, we share a we share a bit of suffering 
uh, kind of moment. So it fits for Percy. In Dante's case, it kind of fits because she's put the whammy on him and she's a psychologist. And so, yeah, it doesn't feel right that he's just opening up, but at the same time it does because it feels like this is something he wouldn't do, but that that something is amiss. So in that respect, far better than however they did it earlier in the series, because then it was a far more of an exposition dump that, that didn't seem to fit quite at that point in time. So, all right, I'll take that. I'll take that as, um, I, I wouldn't, I will say I am not a fan of this episode. Um, I have my, I, I, must, I have some, uh, I have mixed feelings about the first six episodes, but I've watched the first six episodes of this uh, first season. The way I watched the first 12 episodes of Babylon five season one. Hmm. Well, I got to tell you, I'd be serious, all, all seriousness aside, if I weren't doing this for the podcast, if I sat down and I said, well, I wonder what this is not six episodes through, I'd be done. I would never watch another episode again after because it's it's the same and particularly Percy. I mean, oh. <laughs> again, keep in mind, this is supposed to be first episode Percy. Right. And it is setting the pattern for everything she's done since then. If you reverse the order. Uh, but it is, it is so, it's, it's so inconceivable that no matter how misbehaved uh, and, and hormonal or whatever Percy's problem is, or maladjusted or psychotic or off her meds or whatever it is, that she keeps screwing up the computers on the system that keep them alive and that is so hard to take just from the i i i you know throw up my hands and just like look around to see if i own a gun to see if you know i i know i would just end up shooting my tv but it it really it really bugs me. It really, really bugs me. And I really, I, I really noticed it this time. Um, would it help if I were to tell you and anyone listening that um, Car- Percy has a character arc? I don't know because right she now does. there there's not much hope for her character arc except you know cement shoes at the bottom of a lake. But um, yeah. I mean, and you don't have to go far. I mean, by the time we land at the end of the season, she's very different. Um, that is, uh, I, I, you know, hopefully somebody took the writers and stooge slapped them um, until they, until they said, "Oh, I, I apparently this is not a good idea." But yeah, okay. So uh, I don't, I, I don't want. To, we've, we've talked about Percy and the Idiot Ball many times and just suffice to say that she's in full form on her Olympic Idiot Ball team uh, this week. Um, so I put the question to you, did you think, more or less, the, did you think Dante had been pre-influenced before they got back to the ship? Uh, and did that influence his behavior towards the boy when he didn't want to lock him up or is that dante like trying to be a human being 
I don't think the but if by influence you mean the flashing red light, I don't know. But then again, Nazarene does have her charms. Her wiles, yes. Yes. And also, I do see, I made a note in here on one of my four sheets of my four note, four sheets of the notebook paper of notes here that the, um, that notes that um, Luke is um, being quite a stickler for, for the rules. And uh, Dante is uh, not so much one. Well, let me ask this question. Is it a good rule? Theoretically, in most cases, but are, are we gonna? But Dante has a point. Are we gonna leave this boy on a station with failing life support? Right. Absolutely, I agree that they had. He had to take him away. There is and, absolutely no and, doubt uh, in my mind. And, but he is. He is the child of the prisoner on, you know, a a very large, rambling, and not very secure ship, and I understand. I understand why Rodolfo has that rule, and I kind of, I kind of think that if not chained in that cell, then you know at least locked in a cabin or well, something well, would be appropriate. Well, uh, my yes. Well, people, we do, we do have. I do know from watching the series, it's possible to put someone in quarters and lock the doors. See, now that would have been a little better, unless of course you know he's. They didn't take his. Uh, sonic screwdriver or whatever he has on him away from him and he's hacks the computer and makes caravaggio do what they want but mm-hmm. but you know it 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 makes perfect sense to particularly in a case where you're talking about a person who truly has a close deep connection to the prisoner maybe i'd feel a little different if it was some stray space vagabond they'd found in a space pod that had nothing to do with the case and then you might think well that's you know, we you basically probably it's illegal not to pick them up anyway. So, uh, but, you know, it, it seemed like a really good rule. And there's two choices. Dante is flaunting it. Well, three choices, I guess. Dante's flaunting it because Dante's trying to be a nice guy. Dante's flaunting it because Lucretia told him to do it the way by the book and she's not going to tell him what to do. Or he... He's already somewhat under the sway of of Nazarene. I couldn't tell which one it was. And and towards the end, I still hadn't figured out which one it was. Um, and then there's the question of Ajit. He also seems to be in his mother's thrall. Sort of, kind of. Yeah, except when he tells Percy that, she, that the mother's dangerous and he goes off and eventually kills himself. Right. But, but you can see that he's, is it strictly just he's completely dominated by her? That's what I think. That's, that's kind of what I got out of it. But again. And speaking of that relationship, mother and son. uh, The kissing. It's terribly unhealthy. Not good. Not good. The, the, when she kisses him on the lips, it's like, oh, oh. Oh, this is not good. They were the only two people on that station. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, no. <clears throat> yeah, I I had a note about that being. <clears throat> and maybe it's it is exactly what it appears to be uh, a domineering incestuous relationship, and that could be 
which I think, considering that he's a minor, I think in all definitions, that's rape. Um, which could explain why he just wants to get in a ship and be away from everyone. That makes perfect right? sense. That's, that's, that's just, he is, he is severely broken. Um, which, <clears throat> yeah. Um, also there's that whole, there's that whole, uh, line he says to Percy, says, I want to, I want to work with my hands. He said, how am I supposed to take that line? Maybe he wants to change his life and work with his hands. That's because I don't know. You're you kind of you're kind of getting down to you're kind of getting down to it with a, a young lady who's definitely in with you, and you're like, I like to work with my hands. Well, well, he's talking to well, a young lady who's also the ship's mechanic slash engineer, so maybe he's trying to impress could her. be that too. Could be that I certainly didn't take it that way, but at the same time, if I if I tried to divorce it from the, the, the sexual implications, I'm wondering if that means that mom works in an intellectual capacity. All her work, all her psychology or psychiatry, whichever it is, that is, that is, that is brain work, right? And yeah. there is that sort of dichotomy between, I want nothing to do that. I want to go, you know, dig ditches or make pottery or, you know, just work without my brain and do do handwork and i kind of wondered if that's what they were going for but it sounds it fits but in the end the only way to get away from mom was to kill himself which means he absolutely was in her thrall because he would have kept coming back apparently um no matter what otherwise or he was afraid that he would keep coming back i'm i'm not i'm i'm fast running out of things i'm trying okay. not to be a, a big pick but okay, it's a okay. yes yeah. um what, what about the ai well, one, the 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 whole. Well, he should be locked locked out, Percy. I mean, that's <laughs> first artist. Um, the fact that you can tune his intelligence down to the point where he can no longer operate the ship seems like a remarkable design flaw, um, in in an AI. Um, and at the same time, when fully operational, he's able to decrypt uh, an old VHS tape, apparently, because <laughs> it looks like an old VHS tape copy, um, get back a hidden... I forgot what their excuse was for there being the entire exposition dump hidden on the tape about what was going on, and then also devise a countermeasure, which you know seems to be part of a project that they worked on for a very long time, at great expense and it seems like why would they do that if they can just have somebody like caravaggio do their ai work for them and probably could have finished that project and made it work work properly is he supposed to be the ai from the ship or is he an aftermarket mod that's supposed to be super better than what a cruise uh, ship would need i can answer this because i've seen both seasons um to answer your question he is he's been on that ship for a very long time so he is part of the cruise line uh, he was AI. there he was there yes he was there back when back the days it, it was it was a cruise liner okay think what think what an ai designed for scientific research or uh engineering could do uh, as opposed to one that was set to run passengers on a cruise line and and steer around steer around the planets um i uh, i have something here um 
Here's some questions I wrote down as I watched, and this, these pertain to Lucretia Scott. Okay. Do, do you remember that scene where uh, she told Dr. Nazarene that she would, she was willing to kill Ajit? Yes. Did she mean it? Um, considering that there is a scene earlier, and I, in a, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things, story-wise, but with information she did not have available, there was a scene when they were in the kitchen, and it seemed to me pretty darn clear that when she said something that was, you know, against protocol or against wise action, and Dante would, like, start flinching his head in a headache and kind of go, no, mm, mm. yeah, okay. Um, Lucretia should have shot her right there on the spot. Now, and and I feel like she could, but I watch that scene and I think, okay, actually, no, Lucretia couldn't do it. She's not the person that can murder someone in cold blood, despite the obvious signs that she's gotten to your captain uh, in some in some ridiculous way. So could she have killed the son based on that scene? No, I don't think she could. That's what I got. Um, I took it as a bluff, like uh, when the, in the scene where she um, offered to let Dr. Nazarene and Ajit go in exchange for Nazarene de-scrambling Dante's brain. I was thinking she was going to let her go on Mimas. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean it's on Mimas right there. And, and, um, and uh, yeah, um, but uh, then she took her in um, anyway, or tried to, but she did what didn't, didn't, well, I should back up and rephrase that. And then um, Luke um, did the opposite of what she said she would do. Uh-huh. Um, so I figured that. I um, Yeah, um, Luke uh, is, a, um, is a former soldier uh, uh, with a very strong sense of honor. And of and of mm-hmm. propriety, she's um, not against killing when she has to do it, but she only does it when she has to do it. Right, I, and I, I mean, obviously, anyone who is a soldier needs to be prepared to kill for your objectives, because yes. that is quite literally the definition of a of a soldier. And so, I think she has the ability to kill i i think it's a very unfortunate well how do i put this and make it doesn't doesn't make me sound like a bloodthirsty killer um i think it's very unfortunate that television standards and practices uh and i'm sure up through this point in time when this show was originally made generally frown on main characters committing murder you know one one of my favorite one of my favorite series of books when I was a kid are the uh, Simon Templar Saint books by Leslie Charteris, and the Saint's a stone cold killer in those. You know he he identifies yeah. criminals. He he identifies criminals who have destroyed people, who have killed people, who are going to get away with it, and he kills them, and he is judge, jury, and executioner. I'm not saying that that's what people should be running around and doing, but but these are works of fiction, and that is, you know, the logical consequence of the morality that he holds. And 
they translate that into Roger Moore as the saint, and he can never kill anyone in a way that isn't that person's fault or, or an immediate act of self-defense. You know, so, well, I'm going to take you in. And then they pull a gun on him and so he kills him. Oh, well, that was self-defense. It's okay that I killed the guy. Or, you know, he he shoots a gun at Templar and an avalanche falls on him. Or, oh, you know, what, whatever happens. And this is the feeling that I get here, that this character should be prepared to kill. And based on the fact that she's an operative for a secret organization of what appear to be killers, I would think that she could. But I do think that she's got, she's going to have the hero code written into her that she is never going to be able to just pull the trigger on somebody in you know from a practical standpoint that this is the right thing to do it's going to always be in the heat of battle or in the heat of self-defense it sounds right for luke and dante even worse because i can't you know it i think we're supposed to think he's the the basically i'm a really good guy underneath but I'm in this hard-bitten profession, and that's going to shine through. And, and I'm not sure how successfully they're conveying that, but yeah, I, I, I think neither of them could do it in cold blood. I think so. I agree. I also, looking back on this episode, I came up with another question, and the episode does not answer. Does Dr. Nazarene have an affiliation with the Orchard? Saw no, I saw no connection. And there's nothing I mean, I, I, stated, I understand. Okay. But um, I just, I've wondered, I mean, and I don't, and I understand that there can be, be skullduggery in season one of Star Hunter Redux without the Orchard being involved. Um, but I just, I wondered, given her scientific background, if there was Orchard funding or anything, or if there's any Orchard connection to her. Okay, well, so I'll, I'll take that at two. I'll take that at two levels. I, what we have seen of the orchard so far, does not make me think that they are specter level criminal organization throughout the solar system. I, I, I don't see them as that big yet, based on what I've seen so far. Also, everything we've ever seen them uh, doing has been all about the divinity cluster. And this doesn't appear to have anything to do with that. Well, so on that ground, no, I don't see it. And then taking it as if this was the pilot, then absolutely not, because there is absolutely no nothing for you to go, well, I wonder if that's the orchard, because there is no orchard. There is no mention of orchard. There has been no past history of orchard. This is just somebody we brought in, unless there is something in the original that, that alters that. But as if this were episode one, as aired, no, absolutely not. I don't see it. Well, perhaps, and it very well could be true. Um, but here's something else to consider. The orchard existed before it identified the divinity cluster. Okay. We have this in backstory. See, and, well, okay, so here's the other thing. Um, we also have in backstory, because we've seen it, so far, you know, again, this is not whether they was designed as the pilot. It it is not um, that prison is a problem. It's a real problem. Uh, obviously, our whole our whole show is based on the prison system because 
Dante and company. We've seen uh, high security prisons on Mercury. Um, we've seen how bad prisoner handling is. Uh, so I can completely believe that there are lots of people out there who are trying to find a way to make prisoners docile. I mean, we already know they have a system by zapping your brain for something. I can't remember. And, and eliminating your larcenous instincts for a year uh, or whatever. Uh, yes, which, people do. Uh, on, on second thought, though, uh, given that, why didn't they just take the really nasty guy that was going to Mercury? And why didn't they just zap his brain so he would never have whatever impulses he ever had again? But that's just a... That's just a side note that just occurred to me on this moment. But I, but obviously there are lots of different avenues of work that's going into the criminal justice system. Or if not the criminal justice system, then the uh, prison, the penitentiary system. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, in a way, it seems like a good idea. I, I don't know that I would advocate for it personally. But if somebody said, well, what if we could take a prisoner when they came in and we could make them docile during their time in prison, and then we could reverse that when we let them out, uh, yeah, yeah, I could see somebody going, yeah, hey, we could make a lot of money. We could pack the prisoners in so much tighter, you know? We could yeah. feed them less food, and if they complained, we could say, don't complain. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? You could. And there's, there's a hint in the episode of private prisons. I, I believe that. Yeah, I absolutely believe that. That, that seems to be... A part of a dystopian future yes. or a dystopian present. Depends on how you look at that. But it's yeah. Still going on. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, may, they might backfill it later on. And, you know, with one of those terribly inconvenient flashback sequences where they suddenly show you all the things that Orchard was part of and <laughs> you go, oh, okay. Right. But I didn't, I did not get it. I do have something here on a lighter note. The actress who played Dr. Nazarene is Laura Landauer. Uh, I looked her up on IMDb, which led me to YouTube. Um, <laughs> actually. Down the rabbit hole. Here we go. <laughs> she is an Elvis impersonator. Um, okay. Um and she also does a fairly chilling impersonation of Celine Dion. I, I could, I can kind of see Celine Dion, um, but I've seen some pretty bizarre <laughs> Elvis impersonators. So um, just, um, just watch that episode of uh, the TV show Sledgehammer with Elvis impersonators, and you'll Classic see all the one. weird ones. <laughs> I, love, I love Sledgehammer. <laughs> Uh, it's not as good as Get Smart, but I, I give him mm. an A for effort, man. Yeah. That was, that was great. definitely giving it. Um, to, I mean, is she doing an Elvis impersonator? She's doing as she's, a man, or is as she? She's doing a female Elvis. She's doing a female Elvis. Okay. Well, maybe that's where she got the seductive hips way that she was able <laughs> to uh, get Dante under Could her be. control. She got him all shook up. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Oh. Uh, uh, just but it's a, just look her up on YouTube and you'll see her doing her impersonations. And her main um, gig is comedy, and um, for and a whole lot of stage work. And mm -hmm. um, she did manage to portray a um, rather chilling, heartless character very well. Certainly, she is definitely not likable. 
um she she definitely comes off as um uh, uh evil oh yes. you know it's it's one of those people you're t- you're listening to her talk and you're just like that woman's evil don't 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 listen to her that that is just why are you li- why are you listening to her why surely dante you 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 went you were in a bar and in a strip club and there were naked women dancing around behind you and you were completely ignoring them. So, I mean, I'm sure that there are outlets available for your urges that yes. do not involve you getting involved with with a prisoner. And and I'll just say, obviously, Dante is not a stickler for the rules. But once again, uh, I'm going to say that warden and prisoner is might be an interesting role playing game for the bedroom but it is most definitely a crime anywhere else <laughs> yes it is yeah um so um, uh, as regarding these um first six episodes as a whole i have a um i'll consult my weblog post on this episode and i have the section here called regarding early episodes of the first season and i wrote the first season has a story arc in two parts: the Divinity Cluster and the search for Trav and the search for Travis Montana. Some of the early episodes merely seem disconnected from each other in the style of episodic television. A few of them are so disconnected. The relationships among many of these early episodes become clear. <laughs> well, <laughs> that okay. <laughs> well, we'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, my complaint here is about this episode, well, complaints about this episode is not, it's not about it, oh, it doesn't seem to be going anywhere, it's not about it being, I mean, it is, it is a moment in time when I watch it, and it's just, it's cringeworthy. Bits of it are, are, made me cringe. Mm -hmm. My, my wife and my daughter came in, uh, I think in the last 15 minutes while I was watching it. And sat down, and I'm not and not making an excuse. If you come in 15 minutes from the end of a TV show, obviously you're going to be uh, not fully on board with what's obviously. going on here. But you know, they were they were having the same reactions I was by the end of the episode about it's like, oh, why are you watching this? Like, I, because uh, and it 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 is it is just this episode stand by itself is not a good piece of television and i i wanted to come in here and say not only is this not a good piece of television this is the worst piece of television i've ever seen i'm not willing to go that far but i can't think of anything that right at the top of my head uh you know i i'm still kind of there with the imp and man from atlantis is is a pretty low bar it is and i and i i don't know but it, it, they were wise not to make this the first episode because it definitely is the worst of the first six. And there was another one, which I can't remember which it was, which was pretty, pretty similar, frankly. Oh, uh, that's the one with the um, probably with Mercury Prison. The Mercury Prison, the two two cousin inmates. Yes. Yeah. Once again, the girl on the bounty hunter ship lets the prisoners escape. Uh, that, that was that, that, yeah. That, that was trust. Yeah. Yeah. So. It, it that is that is not a that is a story you can explore once and go better never make that mistake again and then and then come back to the wild you know it, 
I can accept a character that constantly screws things up by being stupid if I'm watching Gilligan's Island, but I'm not watching Gilligan's Island. And, uh, you know, I'm not seeing coconuts fall on the skipper's head or, or, you know, amusing, amusing violence like that. So, yeah, I, I really was kind of struggling with this one. I couldn't watch it a second time. Uh, normally I do, but I, I, I couldn't do it. And I had, you know, an extra week or so to do it, but I just, I couldn't. If it's any consolation, episode number seven, Frozen, um, gets us deep into um, skullduggery involving the orchard. Okay. Well, I hope it's good skullduggery. As good as skullduggery can be. Um, Sometimes evil organizations think they're good. Yes. Yes. And also, yes. And I also, um, I know I've said this, but it bears repeating. Um, I watch these episodes in a way that many people do not, that I watch, I have seen these episodes again and again and again over years. So when I go back and revisit one, I'm watching it in the context of 43 other episodes. Right. And it's, so, and then you come at it from the point of view of you've seen six and and I think our listeners are probably more in that lot, right. too. At a guess, I mean, tell us, tell us in the comments, listeners. Have you actually seen Star Hunter Redux or the original before, or, or are you going through on this on the first time as well? I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I, it made it to two series. Somebody must have watched it. Yes, I, I don't know uh, what kind of ratings it had, but somebody must have watched it. Yes, and there are, and there's a third season in the works for quite some time. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I mean, in, in filming, um, as as I as my source indicates, that's just well, okay. Well, <laughs> you know, uh, there have been TV shows that have been really poor at the outset and gotten a lot better, mm-hmm. and I oh, can only oh, by the look time higher. I get, I mean, when we when we when we hit the midpoint of the season, in in this is a season with twenty two episodes. When we hit the midpoint of the season, uh, it's it's where we start getting some really deep story arc material that plays out through the rest of the season, and we um, it's and the it gets really interesting. And I admit that um, I have watched these episodes again and again, as I've said, but I would oh, I really there are some of these in the first six I can just skip on 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 on, on a rewatch. And um, the high point of peer pressure for me is there are a few scenes that are nice. Um, okay, which ones? I mean, I, I'm I'm not trying. I really am. You know, let's let's bring in what's what's good. I, I'm. But the, the but, but overall, I, I it's it's not one of my favorite episodes. But there are some nice scenes in it, and I like the one where any any scene where Tanya Allen's is being all cute and playing with her eyes and staring into camera and. And because I, because I because she's cute and I have a little crush on her. Okay, so you're talking about when she's uh, prepping for her yes her chance. That's encounter. one, and when she's out in the hallway and um, Caravaggio plays the footage from the quarters and then she says, "Oh, so plays cute, the same so cute." Yeah. That scene right before she takes out half of his capacity. Yeah, <laughs> which was a which which was a stupid thing to do. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, and th- there is no two ways around it. That's just not a good thing to do. 
Um, yeah. But I, would, I, I would tell I some... kind of cringed watching that scene. And yes. and maybe, I don't know. I, I can't say that I have obviously have never cared what clothes I ever wore um, in my life. Uh, that That's not my thing. Um, but I certainly have, as a younger person... And I think many people have done this. Hopefully it's not just me and Percy have have gone over in your head what you're going to say to somebody if you bump into them so that you don't think you come off as a complete idiot. And and maybe maybe the fact that I could, you know, to a lesser degree, understand that at, a, at an emotional level, I, I just cringed through that whole scene. Mm-hmm. I, I just I mean, I feet came up in the chair and and sphincter clinched and i'm just like oh oh make it stop no stop it percy stop it it was like it it really emotionally hit me i would say that was one of the scenes that just pounded me because and then when he played it back that is in a way worse because um you know you're seeing it again and you're seeing her embarrassment and of course, you understand the embarrassment, so it's a double whammy hit, but it's a triple whammy because at the same time I was going, "You go, Caravaggio! Good plan. That is cruel, vicious, evil, and exactly what she needed at that moment." And I, so, I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, it, it, it got me. It, no. they, they both got me, and 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 not in the not in the. Good, good way and i mean she is cute but i i you know uh, i i can be out cringed apparently <laughs> i would tell um someone just skip ahead and try episode 13 the most wanted man and tell me what you think then all right well i we obviously we will not do that because that is that is not the remit here but uh i don't know do you have anything else? Uh, otherwise, we're running at about a convenient No, length. I think we covered um, our notes fairly well. So next time, I think you said it was Frozen? Frozen, yes. So Elsa and uh, and her sister will be on the ship? Or? Uh, no. It'll be a guilt-ridden father and the son he kidnapped from the orchard. Uh, all right. Well, Kenneth, thank you for joining me. My pleasure. Listeners, I hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. You've been listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can be a sponsor and get early access to all episodes and more at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. Come join the conversation on Facebook or Twitter. All episodes are available at fusionpatrol.com. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production.